Welcome to Bathing with God, the free audiobook podcast from my imagination to yours. I'm Glenn Ostland, and if you like what you hear and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And now I give you Bathing with God. Chapter 8 Do Thoughts Create Reality? Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford The closer you come to knowing that you alone create the world of your experience, the more vital it becomes for you to discover just who is doing the creating. Eric Michael Leventhal I'm back for more. That was quick. It's getting more fun. I know, right? So here's what I want to know today. I hear people talking about the power of our thoughts. They say that thoughts create reality. Part of me really understands and accepts this idea as rational, practical, and naturalistic. All actions begin in the mind as either conscious or unconscious thoughts. But there's also a part of me that's super resistant to the magical thinking part of this idea, where people say that all you have to do is think something to make it come true, as if I could just imagine myself having a million dollars and then all of a sudden I come across a million dollars. So I want to hear from you, my imagination, who should have a pretty good grasp on the world of thoughts. Do thoughts actually create reality? This is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. The short answer is yes. But to really understand it, you first need to understand what thoughts are, what reality is, and the overall process of turning thoughts into things, which they already are, of course, even if you don't think of them that way. Thoughts themselves are real, physical, electromagnetic things that flash on and off for a time in your brain. And the growth of a thought is an evolution. It functions a lot like, well, evolution. So that's where I want to start. You want to start with evolution? It's as good a place as any. What are your thoughts on evolution? Do you believe that humans evolved from apes? Funny. No, humans did not evolve from apes. Both humans and apes evolved from a common ancestor. But whatever that was, it was neither human nor ape. Not yet. That's right. I was testing you. You passed. And what was that common ancestor before it was your common ancestor? Uh, another common ancestor, I guess? A whole series of them. Each one less and less complex the further back you go until you get to the original single-celled life form on this planet from which all life is descended. You are mostly right about that. Things don't always evolve from less complex to more complex. Sometimes things evolve to become more efficient, but less complex. Some of their biological systems adapt to better survive in the environment of their time. And the idea that there was, once upon a time, Just one single-celled organism from which everything evolved is also a bit too simple. There were, and still are, multiple single-celled organisms that live and die and compete for resources and influence other forms of life around them, sometimes forming symbiotic relationships with other life forms and eventually evolving into a single life form. That has happened with your species a number of times and will continue to occur far into the future. But basically, your understanding of evolution is correct. Life changes over time. 
It adapts to its environment. It responds to hostility and conflict. Many forms of life adapt to new environmental changes and thrive. Many more do not, and instead become fuel for those that do. In this sense, all forms of life cooperate together. You know, pushing, pulling, and contributing to a larger living ecosystem. And this process doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, at least in those dimensions where space-time is built into the fabric of reality. Okay, uh, that's cool and all, but what does it have to do with thoughts? Thoughts evolve in a similar way. Um, how? What does life need to grow? It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be fed. It needs an environment that supports its growth. It needs to reproduce. The most successful forms of life find a way to survive at least long enough to create a duplicate of themselves. And those duplicates are mostly exact replications with minor variations that pop up here and there. But over time, those minor variations eventually create new forms and species of life. And the most robust forms of life adopt traits that allow them to survive in the most hostile environmental conditions. And so it is with thoughts. You feed them. You keep them alive by the focus of attention you give them. You provide an environment where they thrive. They reproduce new thoughts, and they slowly change over time, and they grow. Some thoughts really take on a life of their own. Do you see the similarities? I guess, but thoughts are just thoughts. They just exist in our minds. They aren't really like living things that exist in the outside world. What is inside and what is outside? That is only a statement of perspective. What is inside your head is outside of someone else's, and what is inside their head is also outside of your own. But those thoughts are, in fact, physical, measurable things that exist in the world, regardless of inside or outside. But I don't ever see my thoughts. Or hear, or smell, or feel them, yes, I know. But you could see them with the right equipment. Thoughts are very real. Think of them as tiny bolts of lightning that make up the immense electrical storm of your mind. Some thoughts you create all by yourself. Many thoughts you acquire from others. The origin of thoughts is a fascinating conversation all its own. But you want to know if thoughts create reality. I'm telling you that thoughts already are reality. It's like asking if a single thread exists separate from the fabric you're observing. It's like asking if a single thread can create a fabric. The fabric is made of multiple threads just as reality is made of multiple thoughts. Thoughts behave very much like living things. They are like threads that can change their color, their size, and their tensile strength. Imagine a piece of fabric constructed of ever-changing strings of thread. But thoughts aren't really threads, though, and reality is not really a fabric. People say that their thoughts can make them prosperous and wealthy, that all we have to do to have a million dollars is to think about having a million dollars, and then poof, magic presto, there appears a million dollars magically manifested by your thoughts. Well, if that's how you're defining thoughts creating reality, then you have baked your answer right into the question. I'm talking to you about a process by which the thoughts you think shape and change the world you live in. But thoughts are just thoughts, and people think they can just make reality change through their thoughts. And I'm telling you, 
they are right, even if the process they think is happening is not. But I see this is hard for you, so let's back up. Tell me what you mean by thoughts. You know, thoughts, impulses, instincts, and the things we think. Like, I'm hungry, I could really go for a corn dog. Or, look at how beautiful that woman is over there. I wonder if she likes corn dogs. Or, look at those birds sailing in the wind like that. I sure wish I could fly. You know, thoughts like that. And where do those thoughts come from? From my brain. Where in your brain? From neurons, communicating with other neurons biochemically through synaptic gaps. Look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, I looked it up. So, let's take one of those examples. The one about people watching birds and wishing they could fly. Humans have been having those kinds of thoughts and hopes and wishes ever since they could look up and see birds flying above them. Have any of those thoughts become reality? Have any of those thoughts been nurtured and fed and grown to a point where humans can actually fly? No, and we won't either. You don't just grow wings and feathers through wishful thinking. Oh yes, wishful thinking. The backhanded compliment from people too smart to be fooled by wishful thinking. Well, what if I told you that the wishful and courageous thinking of two brothers, Orville and Wilbur Wright, allowed mankind to make a major leap towards turning those age-old hopes and wishes into true, actual reality. Yeah, uh, but that's not the same thing. Why not? Because that's just technological progress. There isn't any biological change to the human form that allowed our skin to turn to feathers or our arms to turn to wings. Of course not. Who said that was going to happen? You did, when you brought up the example of evolution. I used evolution as a metaphor to help you understand the process by which thoughts become things. There are many ways to evolve. You yourself mentioned technological progress. That's just another way of saying evolution of technology. And technology does not evolve by itself. It evolves through the careful focus and concentration of the human mind. You are making a huge mistake if you overlook the evolution of the brain. The evolution of being able to comprehend what had previously been incomprehensible. To stretch, to grow, to adapt. That is what allows technological progress. That is how man turned his age-old desire to fly into a reality that has rapidly changed the world you live in. But it's still not the same thing. That was done through technology, not through nature. Oh, really? And what exactly is nature? Nature is nature. Why do you ask such obvious questions? To challenge your assumptions. You divide existence up into these funny categories like organic and inorganic, natural and unnatural. If I pointed out a bird's nest and asked you if it was natural or unnatural, you would say it is natural because it is made out of twigs and leaves and other things that naturally grow out of nature. But it didn't grow naturally into the shape of a nest. Birds built it. Birds turned their own bird thoughts from their bird brains into bird realities. They thought, 
I need something for warmth and security and shelter. And eventually, they figured out how to gather bits of things to put together into the reality of, Look, I built a nest. Sure, and all of this is just part of nature. Of course, and nature manipulating nature is still an example of nature. But let's say that the nest was made from twigs and leaves and some old shredded plastic bags and pieces of ribbon. What would you consider that? Still pretty much nature, probably. What if the nest were made entirely of shredded plastic? I don't know. It's still a nest built by a bird, so I'd still think of it as nature. I would too. So why is that different from when a human builds an airplane? How is that not also an example of nature manipulating nature? Because the materials of an airplane are a little different than the materials of a nest. Sure, there are differences. But if you really break it down to the most fundamental nature of nature, everything is made from atoms, electrons, protons, and neutrons. If you look at it from that perspective, everything is part of nature. But those are man-made things, not things that naturally grow in nature. So man is not an extension of nature? Man is something different? No, but still... I understand that you think it is different. To prepare for death, you spend thousands of dollars on durable coffins to keep your corpse separate from the earth it came from. You think that nature is something you have to fight against, to conquer, to tame. But you are just as much the fruit of this planet as an apple is the fruit of a tree. And if an apple could manipulate the basic building blocks of nature to create metal things that fly in the air, wouldn't you consider that nature begetting more nature? Just like when birds build a nest? I'd consider that super weird. What's your overall point? My overall point is that the human thought, I wish I could fly, did, in fact, become a reality. Just like the thought, I wish I could cure deadly diseases, or I wish that we could fly to the moon, or I wish that I could produce enough food to feed the entire world. But it doesn't happen overnight. It is a process that is very natural, and anything that is created from the human mind is an extension of human nature. So thoughts do create reality? Yes, and in more ways than what we have already described. You could also close your eyes and imagine yourself eating a cold, crispy, juicy apple, and the very thought of that imaginary apple would activate physical processes in your body that are similar to if you were actually eating an apple. You can almost taste it just by thinking of it. That doesn't mean that if you think of an apple, an apple will magically appear, but that thought does make an impact on what you call reality. If you think anxious thoughts and worry a lot, your body creates excessive amounts of cortisol, which impacts your overall health, another way that thoughts create reality. There is also this little thing called confirmation bias, which says that once you make up your mind about something, you easily find evidence to support your conclusions and become blind to any evidence to the contrary.
but the most important way that thoughts create reality is the way that you train your brain to focus attention. If you teach yourself that you are a victim all the time, you will see yourself as a victim all the time. If you train yourself to find something to be genuinely grateful for in every experience, you will find things to be genuinely grateful for in every experience. The thoughts you think have a profound impact on the way you see the world and on the way you see yourself in it. Kind of like the thoughts that are inspiring me to write all of this right now? Yes, exactly like that. And if you want to go even deeper, ask me sometime about the way the thoughts you think in this form of life you are in right now become the fabric from which your future lives are formed. But don't ask me now. Take some time to understand and appreciate the thoughts you are having now. Appreciate them. Feed them. Watch them grow. And soon, you will be hungry for more. Thanks, Quad. That has given me a lot to think about. Just keeping it real. Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love. And give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing, Bathing with God. God.